Malika, um, you felt that you should pray for one of your friends at school. Um, why was that, and how was, how was your friend feeling at that point? Well, my friend was, um, had this really bad fear of going to the swimming pool and going in the swimming pool, so I felt that I should pray for her so then she would feel that she, it's okay, that, um, that it's all right, that she can go in. She was really anxious because you were going swimming with school, weren't you? She was upset and really quite frightened about it. Tell us what happened after you prayed for her. Tell us what happened on that day and then what's happened since for her. Well, what happened is I said, my friend Yeshna, I, I just held her and saying, it's okay, I can, I've got you. And then she got, and then I held her in and then she was fine. And then now she can even swim on her own in the big pool. What do you want to say thank you to God for today? I wanted to thank God that he did an amazing job. That, yeah. Follow that, Diana. Okay, God is a healer. Um, you've had a, a, a milk allergy for about five years, haven't you? So what are, the, what are some of the things that you couldn't eat? Cheese, chocolate, um, yogurt, um, butter, pastries, ice cream, everything. Awful. Right. Um, okay. One night at home group, someone was talking about how God had healed them. Tell us what happened next. Um, well, David Faruja was giving thanks to God for healing him of his uh, flower intolerance. And um, I just thought, wow, you know, that, you know, God could heal me. And um, we were just over lunch. We were, we were talking about it and we were discussing my allergy. And um, Tanya said, oh, by the way, you're eating what you're eating has cheese in it. And I thought, oh, you know, so here we go. You know, I'm going to get sick and everything. And so after that, they prayed for me. And um, that following weekend, I had no reaction whatsoever. You continued to go up for prayer, didn't you? It clear sound as well. Now, then tell us what happened. Three weeks. Yes. So um, went up at clear sound as well for prayer. And um, Brandon said to me, well, you've got to try it out. You've got to have a little bit of cheese every day and just see what happens. I was a bit reluctant to try anything. And um, so I did, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to really try it. So I've been eating milk, butter, I've been having chocolate. I've been pastries. Pastries, everything, yeah, yeah, everything. <laughs> what are you thankful to God for? I'm just thankful to God that he, you know, he healed me and something that I thought wasn't maybe worth, pr- I just thought it was something small that, you know, God, pre- he, you know, little things, big things, they're all important to him. Yeah, and the testimony as well gave me faith to believe, yeah. Thank you. Great. Okay, Andy. This is about God's, God as a provider and God as, as giver. Um, got about God's provision from years ago, still working its way out. Tell us how you got your current house. And it was, um, I moved into this area in 1971. I think the church moved to be with me. <laughs> um, but I was a lodger in the current house that we have. And over the years, the landlady and I, we, she became very much like my mother. And she was 83, and she met a 76-year-old man. And they fell in love, and so they got married, so she went to live with him. So she wanted me to have the house... So, does anybody want to know how much I paid for it? 
No, make you feel really bad. £30,000. <laughs> right, you've lived there for 45 years. Okay, just list a few of the things that you've been able to use the house for. Well, we raised two really lovely children in it. It's been a happy family home. We've had afternoon coffees, we've had open door, we've had hospitality, we've had people in various degrees of need staying with us, we've had visitors from overseas staying with us, we've had uh, people for Sunday dinner, people for tea in the afternoons, we've had, essentially, I think we've had a very open door sort of house. It's been, and one of the things that when we got married, God said to us that, uh, our house would have be like a tree with fruits of peace hanging out of it. So literally people could walk by the front garden and actually taste the difference in their lives. And you wanted to be really thankful today, didn't you, for, for God as a provider for you and God as a giver? Because as God's given to you, you've been able to pour it out. What's happened? Yeah, this thing about pouring out the oil, I mean, some people have said, how can we do it? Why do we have all these people? But I think this word that God gave about pouring out the oil. And what is incredible is when you do it, he pours more back in than you can possibly pour out. And it starts all squirting out, all in different directions. I'm not sure what the theological term for that is, but <laughs> he gives us more than we can contain. But all you have to do is start pouring it out. And as you've seen people restored, that's brought a real joy to you as well. Oh, goodness me, yes, yes. I mean, I think, I'll just give you one very quick story. We had a, a lady staying with us for about three weeks, drug addict, really all kinds of things, and she'd come because her drug addict friends had slashed her daughter's dolls to shreds, and so she'd come to us for protection. And uh, she, after staying with us, got herself clean and everything else, and it was just uh, incredible. And it's just seeing with our eyes people walking in who are bowed down, but then when they walk out with straight backs, it's worth beyond price, beyond price. Brilliant. <laughs> Teresa. This, this testimony is really about God as a God of deliverance. Um, Teresa, there have been a number of um, habits controlling you, uh, addictions, um, things that you'd kept covered for a long time. And a number of people close to you faithfully uh, supporting you, but still you were telling me there were, there were some things that you, you chose still to keep hidden. Um, at Clear Sound, John said you wanted to pray for people that, um, that had anxiety and depression. Tell us what happened for you. Um, lots of people prayed for me and I, I really felt that God was doing something um, but I wasn't willing to give up and surrender so it was like having an operation and then waking up just before the end and it, yeah and I think the thing was that I wasn't being honest and transparent and that was what God was asking of me a um, couple of weeks later, a couple of the leaders came round to pray with you. And after some time, something quite amazing happened, didn't it? You found yourself confessing that stuff that had been hidden before. Tell us what happened. Um, after confessing it, 
a number of different things that went back, some of them 40 years. Um, they prayed for me and um, very calmly and quite peacefully I was set free from a spirit of manipulation and it was just like, it's gone. It's like lifted off and gone and I knew I was free. Tell us what you're thankful for. A couple of things. I'm thankful that despite my sin, and much of it was willful sin, um, God never left me or forsake me. Is that a word? Forsake? Forsaken? Me. And that that spirit, that, that stronghold, God just broke it like that. And um, I'm just really thankful that I now have a revelation that I'm a child of God. And that I can live a transparent life and with freedom. Yes. Richard, you work as part of the midweek um, Gatecrashers team. So you've got up to about 18, uh, seven to nine-year-olds. So there's not much to do. Um, it's a bit quiet, isn't it? Yeah. And you want more things to do. Yeah. Okay, made that bit up. All right, you've been asking God, some of the things you've been asking God for are that there'll be real bonds between these children, that there'll be really supportive relationships between them and that they would know God. Just give us a few of the highlights because you're really excited, aren't you, about what's been going on for these gate crushes. Just give us a few highlights. We've had them quite a lot of fun. I mean, they're not the quietest bunch of kids I've ever worked with. But um, one of the things that we really felt, particularly from the clear sound thing, was that sense of them meeting God in a naturally supernatural way. Um, Part of that was seen by the testimony of Malika this morning. You know, um, just things at school and just God speaks and she just, well, that's what we do because that's what we do. And um, we had a session last, Tuesday before last particularly, where I just felt just, uh, it was normal stuff. I just told somebody off, managed to go and sit against the wall. And suddenly there was just, we just felt there was kind of a session where we just wait on God. And um, played a little video track that we had uh, that uh, God could give me to play. And it just went silent. And they went off and they drew a bit of paper and, and it was just, we just waited. And then I just faded it out and nobody moved. Nothing happened. And, uh, and I had to, and then suddenly found, I said, well, we need to come back now. Nobody moved. And, and in the end, we had to drag them back, literally, and stop them from, you know, from what they were doing. Because, you know, some kids come back. And they came back and said, well, who's got something to share? Who wants to share something? There's about eight of them put their hands up. And the declaration that they had, what excited me, this is, wasn't, I mean, I'll, I'll give you three examples, but they weren't just things about me or what God said to me. They were declarations of who God is. Um, one of the students, is it up there? Is it, yeah, um, wrote this psalm. He says, I've got, God's given me God worthy, and I've written a, a, it's a, a mnemonic, and for every lying word, I've just written a, a phrase just declaring who God is. Um, one of the other children just stood up and says, I want to share, I want to share something, so just wait your turn. And uh, he stood up, and... Um, absolutely amazing it was just a declaration of how god was a safe place to be um and about god speaking to us through them as well yeah and there was another one which which i felt was quite significant was um charlie just drawn a very confused picture and he lots of dots and joined it all up and um he said it just says god 
is very complex. Now, within that was a depth, because that was the way Canacleto died. And, and it kind of, to me, is a prophetic statement about, yeah, we can't understand the mind of God. But, but there was a sense of safety and security and structure in what he was doing. So, I'm thankful for I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for being able to be part of it. It's just so exciting and so awesome to, to be able to, to, to sit there and just observe God doing this. But I'm thankful that God is putting something in the hearts of those children, which is actually going to stay with them for the rest of their lives. And I think, I mean, I just want to say we need to be alert. Put my leadership hat on. You know, we need to be alert because God is speaking to us through our children. It's one of the resources He's given us, and there needs to be that sensitivity to listen and not just oh, just just one of the children. And that's nice isn't it? But actually, there's a declaration of there. And Malika this morning actually did the very thing, an example of what we're talking about prophesying, actually. Because one of the kids said to me afterwards, that's exactly what Viv Fitch did, wasn't it? And, and they'd actually, she'd picked up something from what was shared, and she repeated it. So let's not miss what God's doing amongst our children. Thanks, Richard. Jimmy. This testimony is really about, about God with us. Um, you were diagnosed with cancer in January, yes. um, but it was very different for you, wasn't it, from the last time yeah. um, you were diagnosed, which was about, what, 15 years ago. Yes. How was it different this time? Um, well, this time, instead of being panic-stricken and fearful and not wanting anyone to know about it because I didn't want you to be sorry for me, I felt pretty normal, actually. Um, and I felt serene, and I felt joyous, and every day I felt more joyful. Completely freaked me out myself. And so, and so when I was telling people the news, they were like, well, how are you? I'm fine. Um, so the impact was that when the doctor said, You've def- it's probably cancer, I said, okay. And then he went, are you all right? It's like, yeah. And then two, three days later, we met again, and he said, no, it's definitely cancer. And I said, okay, thank you, and what's next? And then at the end, he went, are you a nurse or something? And I was like, no. Well, why? Because you're taking this news really well. So it was just that, that serenity, that sense of knowing God had given me a word that he was with me. It, was, it came from when I was planning our sparklers, and one of the kids, and I said, so what's the message and they said, God with you. God is with you forever. It ministered something to me so that when I heard that I'd got cancer, it, it stuck in my head and I knew all the way through that God was with me. Before the surgery, you weren't um, really sure how you were going to feel about having the surgery. How did God meet with you in that? Um, so my major thing was, so I didn't feel afraid or whatever, but I acknowledged in myself that I might have an issue about my body um, and I didn't know how I'd feel about it and then the night before the surgery I just had a moment in my bedroom and it was like God reminded me that that things were going to be different and so I had a moment by myself with my body just acknowledging that tomorrow you know I'd look different and that you know I still loved my body I still would love my body the next day. Um, And it was all over. And then the next day when we went to hospital, we listened to a lady in another booth crying and weeping. And I thought, that's going to be me tomorrow. But it's never been me. Because, you know, God's met with me. And I'm happy about my body.
Okay. After the surgery that evening, um, when you started to eat, you started to choke. Yeah. Tell us what happened. So I'd had some trauma to my throat, and I started to choke, and then it, I think it blocked my windpipe or something. I don't know. So I was, got these nurses around who were trying to help clear the pathway, but it just made it worse. So in the end, I was going... <coughs> and they didn't know what to do. So they rushed off to find help. I could hear what was happening, but no help was coming. And so I reached for my mobile phone whilst I was still choking, and I sent a text to Rachel and just said, SOS, please pray. And in a short while, whilst they were still fapping, when the nurse finally came back, I could speak to her, whereas before I was going, It's <laughs> <laughs> horrible. So, I, so for me, Moses and I, we talk about certain interventions on that day and we felt that was a God intervention where that God actually saved my life it was only with hindsight as I thought about it that I thought oh my goodness I could have died at that moment because no one could actually help me and God rescued me Ginny had Jenny had a bit of a list of thankfuls, so I've had to sum her up a bit. Um, what are you thankful for? So I'm thankful for all the support. Um, and the fact was that I think the number one thing was that cancer might have been a surprise to me and Moses, but it wasn't a surprise to God. So I'm really thankful to God for that. And if you want to know why, come and ask me. Um, and I'm thankful to God that this journey that I'm on with cancer is way different to the one that I had before. So it's not, it's not taking me captive. I'm not, it's captive, it's beaten, it's defeated, it's over. Um, and that God has been with me and his promise is the same. Thank you. Wow. Does that what you make, want to make you jump up and go, yes? Hello. <laughs> right, hear this one. Okay, God is our healer. Um, you've suffered from not just alopecia, but I can't pronounce the rest. So tell us the rest for more than 18 years and tell us what the doctor said about that. What is it? Okay, I got alopecia to tell it's universal. It's a very rare uh, condition. You lose all your hair, your nails, everything. It's more common in men, but for women it's very, very rare. Um, I was diagnosed since I was a child that I will lose my hair forever and it won't grow back, never, ever. That is the... And you've had this for 18 years now? Uh, totally, yes, 18 years, yes. Um, at Clear Sound, you felt God nudge you quite a few times. It's quite a long story, but we'll just shorten it. You, what, one of the things you felt God nudge you about was that you should go and find Norma and get Norma to pray for you. And in the end, there was lots of to and fro. But in the end, you said, okay, God, if you put her in front of me, yeah. then I, I will let you know what's going to happen. <laughs> if you put her in front of me, yeah. then I'll, get her, I'll ask her to pray for me. So do you want to tell us what happened? Can you guess? <laughs> I didn't want to go to her. I was, uh, so many things going on. So um, I went for a walk with Claire while everybody was doing things. And then when I came back, Fernando said, Norma is there, she's going to pray for you. And she was exactly in front of me, waiting for, for um, pray, to do a prayer. 
for me, a very powerful prayer she did. Tell us what happened as she prayed. Well, she prayed, I felt, and she felt, we both felt the same thing. It was like a liquid, anointing, liquid thing coming over us. And we felt Christ there with us. And as she was praying, she was keeping telling me, can you feel the Lord? And I said, yes, I can feel the Lord. And he walked with us to the meeting. And it was, you, you could feel everything. I could feel, feel, you know, my head jiggling. I don't know how to explain, but it was tickling feelings all over. And my nails and my body. And it was happy, a very happy moment. I don't know how to explain it. And also she prayed some other things. She didn't just pray for a healing, did she, yes. in, physically? Mm-hmm. Yes. I had been having attacks from the enemy saying to me that I, I was no, no worth it here. What I was here for. And she picked that up. And she prayed for that. And after a few days when we come back, I, it was like a, you know, I, had a, I was blindfolded and everything calmed down. And I saw things like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Tell us what you believe God has done. I believe he healed me. I had a condemnation for years. I thought I had to be like that because I could take it. You know, I thought other people couldn't take the illness, so I was okay with that. And why not? Why not me? Why? So, but then again, I felt that you know he healed me. He 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 said, "No, that's not for you. I didn't make you like that." You know, and just heal me. My, I, I feel my hair is growing. I can't see it. I see one. It's one. Yes, <laughs> there is one. It's true. It's one. Sorry? Oh, yes. Um, I, a year ago, um, a pastor from Peru told me I have to pray about my hair. He told me. He didn't pray. He said, you have to do it. So I prayed for a while and I forgot. And then when I went there, after we came back, I remember you guys saying that we have to cash a check. And that there is forgotten prayers. Then we forgot, but God didn't. He didn't. He really told me, you have to go and do this. I forgot about praying about my hair, but he didn't. He told me I have to do it again. So, yes, I cast my check. Yeah. <laughs> Sally. 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 Yeah. Okay. Sally. Yeah. Okay. Sally. Wow. Whew. God, dear. Huh. Yeah. Let's just thank God. Let's just thank. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, of that which you're doing amongst us. Thank you, Father, that word of testimony is that prophecy. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. So this is Colby. Um, so Colby, a month ago, you had never really been in a church apart from weddings and funerals. You didn't really know anything about God. And then June invited you to watch a DVD about, DVD about Jesus. So what did you think after you'd seen that? Well, it made me question it more. I went home 
and asked my girlfriend a lot of questions about it. And it started making me believe Saint told me to just question it a lot more. So you started asking questions, and then you were invited to come to the meeting on the Sunday. Um, and you decided, yes, okay, we'll go. And tell us what happened. <laughs> the best way I could describe it is when we started singing, I just, it felt like he just grabbed me and said, well, I've got you now. That, take all that. And just, he just told me that he's real, and he just told me loads of stuff. He just had me. So God grabbed you, and you said that he told you that he was real. You knew for the first time that he was real. Um, and you went up for prayer, um, and God spoke to you about being your father. And again, just that sense of him being real and that physically feeling... Yeah, and just that sense again that he was real. Um, you made a decision to follow Jesus. What's happened since? Loads of stuff. He's just been with me countless days and talks to me through the radio. and just He's just been there, you know. He's just always with me. And you said that there was a stressful situation at work because you started a new job and there were some issues over overtime and you felt like God, would, God had said to you, it's okay, I'll sort it out. And then on the Monday or the Tuesday? It didn't bother me. I was really stressed about it and I was worrying that I weren't going to get it and, and I went to church and then the next day I was like, oh, well, I ain't bothered now. And then I went back into work and he said, it's sorted. I've got the overtime. <laughs> and that was it. I, just, I woke up and I felt fine. I was, it wasn't on my mind. Oh, it didn't bother me. It just did not. It just took it away from me, really. And what's happening on Tuesday? I'm getting baptised. What do you want to thank God for, Colby? For showing me that he's there. I have a father and that he loves me. And just one thing to add for this, I think it's really important. Um, Colby lives on Stevens Road, where Rachel and Dennis had really felt to be praying for their neighbours. And I think you'd got Easter eggs from them and all sorts of things. And, you know, we were talking and I said to him, what did you think about that? And he said, well, it was a bit weird. (laughs) But nice, you know. But um, how faithful God is. You know, he drops something into somebody's heart to pray for their neighbours And then, you know, we see the connection um, and we just really want to thank God for that. Thank you. Um, Claudia and Augusto. Oh, there you are. So, um, Claudio and Augusto um, obviously are here to do do loss. 
Um, they've been talking a lot about what's been going on at the community hub, and we just thought it would be really good for us to hear their thoughts on, on what they're experiencing. Um, so my first question is, what does the hub mean to you? Um, the hub for me is something like what we said at Clear Sound. It is a place of refuge um, where isolated people find a safe place where to belong. It is justice. Um, individual people come to find help, to, to get help, and they find it. And it is a new economic system that is being applied there because people give, but they also have the uh, people receive, but they also have the opportunity to give. And they get this real kingdom value by uh, giving and not just receiving. When I came here, um, I, I, was, um, I was coming to Dulos, but, but God, uh, I... But I am receiving more than this, like love, friends, family, and community. People come to the hub thinking they will get some things, but they find a family, a hand ready to the help. This is their home. Yeah, so they, that's what we've talked about. They come, might come for one thing, but experience so much more. Um, so, from what you've seen, what's your encouragement to us as a church about what's going on there? The background I come from will be working alongside Christian people. But working in the hub with people who don't have a Christian background has challenged, edified, and shaped me. I am building relationship with some of the mothers who attend the English classes by inviting them to our house or to the park. And the hub is a, is a battlefield for me. And this is the place where we all need to work together, hand to hand. Let's do it. The hub is a part of the land that God has given us to possess. This is a place, this is, let's not miss the opportunity. So, I mean, I just have been so impacted by um, Claudia and Augusto's involvement there, just that real heart to serve and get alongside people and just a real um, grasping, really, of what God's doing. And I know that they've just been so excited and they've been saying, the church needs to know more about this. So, thank you. Thanks for sharing. Thank you.